you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh Uh-oh. Good afternoon. This is Will Addison. Aaron Addison's here on AFR Talk. And I want to welcome you to Wednesdays with Will. Uh, this is like the third installment. And so uh, just, I'm, I'm glad to do it. I'm glad to do it. Um, man, I have something, some things I want to look at. And we're going to have a guest uh, in the second segment and third segment. But, you know, doing a Bible study. And uh, we've been looking through the book of First John. And First uh, John, we're in chapter 2. And so I'm going to talk about some things there. Some people may ask, like, man, Will, why do you and Miki always talk about just going to the straight edge of Scripture? Why? Because it's the Word of God. Like, I don't see any other resource or any other, you know, uh, uh, thing that we should use to answer today's questions. It's all within the Word of God. And I know there, there are millions and millions of books. There's topics and different things that are covered, you know, by authors all of the time. And books are good, you know, have nothing against books. <laughs> but we need to start and we need to finish with the Word of God. We have the literal Word of God right here accessible for us. And sometimes we just don't use it. And so when we come up against some of these issues of the day and we try to look for other resources and other answers and what did so-and-so say and what did doctor this person say, why not ask the question, what what is God saying? (laughs) He has given us the answers to all of this stuff. You know, we've been talking a lot about critical race theory and the educational system and how corporations are bowing down uh, to all these things. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that with my guest uh, in the, the second part of the show. But man, the answers lie within the word of God. And so we have been studying the, the book of 1 John, we're in chapter 2. And last week we did verse uh, verses 7 through 11. I'm going to uh, read those verses and just some of the things that I feel like are very relatable to right now if we will only just adhere to the word of God. The Bible says, Beloved, I'm not writing a new commandment to you, but an old commandment, which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have heard. On the other hand, I am writing a new commandment to you, which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. The one who says he is in the light and yet hates his brother is in the darkness until now. The one who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But the one who hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know 
where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. So we have the Apostle John here, and he's speaking. You know, it, you can see that the terms of endearment, he, he calls them children, he calls them beloved. You know, these are people who are dear to his heart, and we can glean from these writings as well. We should, because the things that were written, written, you know, aforetime was for our learning, so that we can see from the scriptures and, 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 and glean from uh, different people within the word of God how we should react uh, even today. So John here is stressing to his beloved brothers that he's not giving them a new commandment, but an old one. You know, I was telling the guys in the Bible study as I read this, because you, you read it and you're like, wait, you're not giving a, a, a new commandment, but an old one. But then you come back and say, wait, but on the other hand, I'm writing a new commandment to you. It's like, which one is it? And so in studying that and looking at that, you know, we know from the scriptures, it's all throughout the scriptures, Old Testament to New Testament. That old commandment has to do with love. It's about love. This is a commandment that they had already had. They're familiar with this. It's a command from the beginning. So John up until uh, this time had been speaking of commandments, different ones in general. But now he is speaking of one single command, and that's love. So why is this commandment above all and singled out? Well, it's the fulfillment of God's law. It's the fulfillment of, of God's law. Love is the, the apex. And so some, some people today, when we talk about love, they don't understand what true love is, you know, so they relate it in terms of, if you do good by me or if you don't offend me, then that's showing love to me. But if we look in Romans chapter 13, verse 8, the Bible says that we should owe nothing to anyone except to love one another. For he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. Huh, there it is. Has fulfilled the law. The highest uh, command is love. And so if we love our neighbor, then we are fulfilling the law. This is that old command to love. Well, then why is it that John is saying, but, you know, in actuality, I'm writing, I'm writing a new command. You know, there's a new command that, that I'm, I'm, I'm writing to you, but he already said, I'm not giving you something new, but it's something that's, oh, it seems like that can be contradictory, you know, uh, but it's not. We know from the Old Testament when the scriptures uh, say in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18, the, the command there was to love your neighbor. The command was to love your neighbor as yourself. Right? Love your neighbor as yourself. And then, but when you go to the New Testament and look at the book of John, the gospel of John, right? Chapter 13, and looking at verse 34, uh, in 35, Jesus said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Okay, that sounds like the old command. But then he takes it up a notch. Even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Man, so that's, that's taking it up. And the old command was that we would love our neighbor as ourselves. That's, and that in itself, you know, is something to be attained. 
It's like, man, you know, you want love, man, you love your neighbor as you would love yourself. That's how you truly fulfill it. Jesus came and said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another even as I have loved you. And that's sacrificial. What did Jesus do? How did he love us? <laughs> and he's telling us that we are to love as he loved? Man, that can only be accomplished through Christ, through Christ in us. But it, it can't be accomplished. He's saying a new commandment I give you, that you love one another. Brothers and sisters in Christ, love one another even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And by this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. By this, they will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. It's a high task. It's something that Jesus is saying that we should do as his followers, and it's not a small thing. And how the world's going to know that we're disciples of Christ is by seeing the love that we have for each other. That love is being challenged right now in our culture, in the church, because things are being pitted against each other, skin color. You know, we talk about CRT. You know, we're saying that, man, you can never really atone for your sin if you're white. You just, you are submitted to whiteness. Well, that rubs right against what Jesus Christ has done for us. There is atonement for sin, and being white is not a sin. You know, we have these separate uh, spaces now. You know, well, I want to worship among people that look like me. I feel more comfortable with people who look like I look. I don't want to have to answer questions. Or I, I like certain type of music, so I'm going to worship with people. All that stuff, Jesus paid for all those divisions. They've been torn down through the blood. But here we are. Man, we, we are the walls that Jesus has torn down. We're putting them back up. We're dividing once again. So the world, if the world is looking at the church and saying, man, they are for Christ because look how they love one another. I'm not sure they're seeing a good picture right now. I'm not sure they're seeing a good picture right now. John chapter 15, verse 12 and 13. Let me get to it. John chapter 15, verse 12. Jesus said, this is my commandment that you love one another. Just as I have loved you. Man, and then look at this. Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. And you are my friends if you do what I command you. So Jesus is telling them, I am upping it. Yes, the Old Testament says you love your neighbor as yourself. Man, that was probably a difficult thing to, to pull off. <laughs> then we said, no, we got to go higher. Because of what I've done for you, I want you to love others as I have loved you. And that's the standard, y'all. That's why we go to the straight edge of Scripture. So when I look at what ha what's happening today, all this partiality, and I'm talking about within the church, these issues that we've been talking about within the church, these uh, divisions, man, this stuff, if we would practice what the Word says, Man, we wouldn't have problems with this. If we would love one another, right, as Christ loved us, man, a lot of this stuff would just dissolve. It wouldn't even be an issue. But because of this flesh and the sinfulness of, of our hearts, we've allowed 
things from the outside to penetrate the walls of the church and cause us to say the issues that are outside of the church, we have within the church. Man, we don't. Not if we uh, believe the word of God. Again, if by our love that we have for one another, if that's the way that people outside will know that we are Christ's disciples, man, that's a high standard. And so we have different things within the body that we are disagreeing on. Well, that's going to happen because you're dealing with people. We have personalities. There are things that, but man, all of that has to be submitted unto the word of God. That's our straight edge. And so when you wonder why, man, Will and Mickey, they're always trying to take it back to Scripture. Man, they, you know, I know they got a Scripture for this. Yes, we do, because God speaks about these issues. He, he speaks loudly if we would just read the word and practice it. One of my favorite Scriptures, don't just be a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word. Because if you're just a hearer and not a doer, you're deceiving yourself. I tell my brother Jeff all the time, man, it's not about how much scripture that I can memorize. How much scripture can I live? That's what we have to be. How much scripture can we live? Because we can sit down and memorize scripture. It can be an exercise in our intellect to know this and to know that, you know, and, and man, that's good. We should memorize scripture because that is one thing when we are pressed, it will come out of us because it's inside of us. But at the same time, you can, you can know a scripture and not live it and not live it. Christ is calling upon his bride to love as he has loved us. Man, when you look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, it follows that same pattern. Ephesians chapter 5 talks about husbands and wives. And what is the admonition or the command, you know, to husbands? Love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. Man, there it is again. He's calling on us to love as he loved. And if it's in his word, that means we can do it. That means we can do it. Let's live up to the word of God, the highest standard, to love one another as he loved us. This is Aaron Addison's here on AFR Talk. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back. This is Wednesdays with Will here on Airing the Addisons on AFR Talk. And I'm Will Addison. And I'm excited about my guest. We, I've had him on. I had him on uh, one time uh, recently. It was when uh, Miki was out. 
because she had just had the baby. And so I was like, man, you know, I really want to talk to this brother. Uh, I've, I've been knowing him for a few years. We never met face to face, but we've had some conversations. He was a part of our, our group called BSAC, which was, uh, it stood for Biblically Sound Artist Coalition. And he was a part of that organization uh, uh, with me. And uh, just a, a good brother. He's a thoughtful brother. You know, I, 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 he puts out uh, videos and I, and I listen. I'm like, man, he really thinks through, you know, these issues that are, are going on today. And I would invite you uh, to also uh, check out uh, his, his podcast. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit. I guess it would be called a video blog or a vlog. But we'll talk a little bit about that. But I want to welcome, man, my brother Todd Shannon to the show. How you doing, man? Hi, Will. Good to good to be with you. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. Man, man, it's it's my pleasure, man. I, I love talking to you. Um, you have a a lot to share, and you know, one of the 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 latest videos that you uh, did about bearing false witness really struck me. I was like, man, this is this is some good stuff, and I think we need to have these conversations. And, and talk about uh, uh, these issues. But first, man, uh, let people know, you know, where you're from and, and, and just some of the things that you've been doing. And, and also uh, let them know about your, your vlog uh, and how they can catch some of the, the, the videos. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, yep, I am, uh, I, I hail from Omaha, Nebraska. Well, I'm not from Omaha, Nebraska. I'm actually <laughs> from the south, from the southeast. <laughs> South Carolina, but yeah, been living in Omaha, Nebraska since 2007, where my wife's from. Mm-hmm. Uh, married to Latoya Shannon, and uh, we have three kids: yes. 15, 10, and five. So we spread them out pretty good. Now I have to say, uh, man, I saw the video of your—I don't know how old he was—but crossing over uh, in basketball, he was breaking yeah, some yeah. ankles out there, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, I've been I've been working with that's my my oldest son, uh Todd Junior, T J we call him. Okay. And uh yeah, he, he's a hooper man. He's and you play ball, right? I mean you Yes, play. I did play college I did play division one college basketball, yeah. so definitely <laughs> in the in the in the in the family uh uh heritage there. Uh so yeah, I'm excited about him. I think he's gonna be he's gonna be better he's better than I was at ten, I'll I'll put it that way. Man. I saw the video. Uh, I was like, "Dude, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah." We, we it's going to be fun watching him grow. But um, so yeah, I have three kids, uh, and also you know, I mean, just by by trade, uh, I'm a data scientist by trade. Uh, that's what I do only every day. But I like to. My passion is social commentary. Yeah, uh, bringing a biblical perspective, and uh, so I, I just I like to just share my thoughts. Something hits me, I just say, you know, I got to put this video out really quick. Yeah, I, I prefer to talk rather than to write. Some people do the blog thing. I rather just kind of stream my thoughts live as they come to me. So, right. Um, so yeah. So and then I, you know, you mentioned the the vlog. Yeah, it's it's on it's on YouTube. I'm, I'm building up the content, so I don't <laughs> have a lot of content there, but it's it's in the in the early stages. In the, it's a whole who cares what Todd thinks. <laughs> if you want to check it out, yeah. <laughs> and apparently, I care. Cause I wanted to have you on the show, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I think it's some good stuff. And and with me, man, I, I feel like there are voices out there who are speaking some common sense, who are uh, biblically sound, you know. But a lot of times, mm-hmm. even you know, I, under like conservatism, you know, uh, sure, sure. there there are are voices and even black voices, you know, who have platforms and speak 
you know, and, and say different things. But then there are, there are ones who are Christians, you know, mm-hmm. and it seemed like, man, the, 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 it's slim pickings even more when you come down to that. It's like, where are the platforms for, for them? And I, I see you as a person uh, with a biblical standard who is also speaking truth to all these different mm-hmm. issues, you know, political, mm-hmm. you know, the church, whatever it may be. And we need to have those voices out there. So I would invite people to go uh, and check out your vlog as it builds. And the stuff that you have there now is awesome, man. I think it's, it's great, mm-hmm. you know. But as it builds, I, I would hope some people will go check check that out. Who cares mm-hmm. what Todd thinks? But, man, I want to ask you, um, you recently did a video. It's called Bearing False Witness, uh, mm-hmm. the Micaiah Bryant uh, and, uh, situation and, and fake narrative. What was it that sure. really stirred your heart? You know, what did you see out there? Because I know you're in the social media zone. You see some things, people mm-hmm. talk and stuff like that. What was it that caused you to say, man, hold on, we got to talk about this? Yeah, I think um, I think the, the Micaiah Bryant situation offers a unique uh, opportunity um, to really see what the issue is when it comes to the supposed conflict. And I say supposed. Uh, the supposed conflict between black people and the police. Mm-hmm. Um, very few scenarios that we have seen, you know, basically showed uh, those who, who want to say that black people are being unfairly treated. Very few situations showed them with their mask off like that scenario did. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, have, I don't think I've ever seen a less ambiguous case. Yeah. Right. A guy, someone about to kill someone being stopped by the police. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of talk, for example, with the George Floyd situation, that that was, at least when it first happened, at least, people were saying, this is this is an unambiguous case. This is a clear example of police brutality. At least that's yeah. what everyone was saying early on, right? Yeah, yeah. And so the expectation was that there would be universal condemnation, mm-hmm. right? And, 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 in, and in many respects, we did see that. We saw... You know, policemen, black people, white people, conservatives, all of it. He, mm-hmm. Why is he still leaning on that guy? Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Right. And, 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 and I and I to this day, I still think that 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 he shouldn't have done that. Right. But here's the thing. Why can't we have it in the other direction? Mm. Right. Yeah. When you see a clear example of an obvious, a, a an admirable um, execution of and I and I. I, I, maybe execution is not the right word. Because <laughs> people would take that yeah, as they execute, like a negative. I mean, executing police duty, right, right, uh, in in a in a in an appropriate fashion. We should all be able to recognize that. But I think what it shows is that that crowd and that overwhelming that that kind of the mob, I should say, crowd is is way too tame a word. The mob that is always crying injustice. They're not an honest bunch. Mm. They're not an honest bunch. I think the mask should have been off, and anyone who was paying attention should have said, right there, that shows you what the objective is. They're not, this is not a good faith argument, right? That yeah. police are just shooting black people down in the streets, execution style, for no reason, for mm. simply being black. That's a lie. Right, right. And I think that very suddenly, so that was that's what led me to do that. And so, what really, and this is, well, you know how we think, right? Because mm-hmm. we think it biblically. We expect that sort of um, uh, poor judgment from people who 
are not committed to truth, right? And, right. and more specifically, those who are not in the faith, we kind of like, we, we, we don't have anything to say about what they do, but we shouldn't. In the church, people yeah. who are Christ followers, right? We shouldn't be in that group, in that category. Yeah. And I and it amazed me. The reason what motivated me to do that video is because it amazed me how many Christ followers, and I put that maybe in scare quotes, <laughs> were were was were on some nonsense about how this was a more example of police brutality. I said, you know what? Okay, let, let's go to the scriptures because <laughs> yeah. At least that's supposed to be our standard, right? And and I'll, you know, it's really I gotta be, I gotta tell you, I hadn't read that text in a long time, you know, because a lot of times, you know, Exodus, right? You know, <laughs> Leviticus, you just don't read those texts. At all. I mean, if you're being honest, right? We spend a lot of time in the Pauline epistles, <laughs> in the Psalms, in the Gospels, right? You're not digging through the details of Exodus very often. I think I cannot believe how relevant this text is. Mm. You will not go along with the crowd. And wow. so there's a, there's a <laughs> lot of social pressure yes. for people to just mindlessly echo false ideas. And it's in the script. And I should say this, we should always pay close attention when the scriptures prohibit us from doing something, because that means we have a tendency to do it. Right. That, that, that means we are specifically vulnerable, you know, to, to that sort of uh, uh, thing. Because of you know the, because of our nature, so when I see the scriptures saying, "Do not go along with the crowd, do not pervert justice, do not become a malicious witness," right? I say, "Well, shoot, <laughs> well maybe that's because we have a tendency to go along with the crowd and pervert justice and become malicious witnesses." Right, right. So I, that was really my motivation, and I and I just wanted to remind people that it's still wrong to do that. I don't know. <laughs> Right, maybe and, you hadn't read your Bible in a while, but it's still wrong. And the scripture <laughs> that you're referring to is uh, Exodus chapter 23, right? Yes, verse yes, one yes. through three. You can read it yourself, and that it, you're right. It's relevant to <laughs> this situation and many more. So, Todd, sure. why do you think we as Christians who have the straight edge of Scripture get sucked into, you know, joining the crowd? Like we should be the ones sure. that resist that. Like, what what is it that you think that's happening? You know, that's a really good question, Will, and, um, you know, it's obviously, it, I think it's multifaceted, but I think, I think, at running the risk of sounding cliche, mm -hmm. I just really think that we, we've succumbed to the social pressure that's being put on us. The, yeah. the, there's a high social cost to being counterculture. Right, right, right. right. If, you're, if you're a counterculture, uh, you pay a significant price for that. And I do want to say this, uh, with with respect to those in the black, what, what, what we would consider the black church, mm -hmm. right? I really do think it's a combination of ignorance and uh, just that unwillingness to break out of the social uh, uh, current. Because I, I have to I have to tell you, I mean, uh, and I don't know how much of this is I'm not necessarily offering this as a as an excuse per se, right. But as maybe just observationally, when you when you hear a certain message over and over and over and over again, yeah, right, it is bound to have a significant impact on your psyche. And I right. think that there are a lot of black people that are they they really believe 
that the cops are out to get us. They really believe that. Yeah. Yeah. And so they just kind of, and, and, and I'm, and I'm, I'm, it's difficult for me because at, at some point I say, when do you become an adult and become responsible <laughs> for the information that you allow to affect your thinking, right? Yeah. At some point you yeah. have to say, you can't just say, well, well, that's what they said on the, on CNN. So, I mean, yeah. you know, I, I, I get it, right? But maybe you should diversify your sources of information so that you could have a clear picture. Yeah, yeah. And, and, um, I, and I would say, too, to your, to, your, to your point, you know, um, it really bothers me, you know, not only, you know, we say, like, uh, uh, black people when they submit to these, you know, um, narratives, but, like, <laughs> Christians— like, I'm like, right. you know, see, because within the body of Christ, there's no Jew or Greek, there's no slave. You know, like we are exactly. all one in Christ. And I'm like, why do we begin to lean again on like different identities? And it seemed like those identities usurp the authority of Christ when it comes to these issues. It's like, no, I'm this before I'm a Christian in this situation because mm-hmm. man, I got to be down with, with these people. And it's like, sure. at all times, we ought to be down with Christ, you know? And so that's the one thing that, that always gets, gets me about this. It's like we, we so easily lay down our identity in Christ and pick up something else, you know, that, man, it's, it's really like the Apostle Paul said, it should be like mm-hmm. dung to us. <laughs> like, you know? Exactly. You know? So it, it, it's, it's just puzzling, man. Go ahead. So do your point too, Will, you know, I, I do think that there's a, there's a lot of blame to go around, to be mm-hmm. frank, because, um, again, at running the risk of, of, you know, being controversial, which you, which you know I, I, I'm, I'm averse to, right? I don't like controversy. Right. right. But, <laughs> so, you know, leaders in, in, in a lot of our black churches yeah. and churches in general, they, they have failed the people. Yeah. They have substituted emotionalism and and you're coming out and your mm. season and all of this nonsense <laughs> for 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 consistent biblical teaching because uh, the other day once again i i marvel sometimes at how we miss it uh, i was talking to my brother and he had to, he had to recently preach and he said he was preaching from colossians 3 mm. i was reading colossians 3 and i said oh my dear goodness gracious <laughs> like this is like a proof text yeah. <laughs> for any sort of you know, it's 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 a most thorough rebuttal mm-hmm. of the this you know critical race theory mm-hmm. wokeness nonsense where yes. this uh this sort of the what, what I think uh, maybe it was Booker T Washington or somebody who coined it you know the the um, you know the, the the cultivating of grievances mm. right the grievance mm-hmm. like that the, you just want to carry the grievances over and he talked about it, how there's no Jew nor Greek there's neither barb barbarian or Scythian and and, <laughs> and and people don't understand the historical background yeah. on it because the barbarians they were brutal and very very vile people who had hurt mm-hmm. a lot of people in their time yeah. and so they had a horrible reputation and Paul was admonishing them he said there's no more of that in Christ you can't carry those grievances forward that's mm-hmm. not they're not the quote barbarians who hurt your family. That's your brother. Come on, man. Let, Todd, let's let's stop right here because we have a break coming. Uh, we're gonna pick up there because that's a powerful uh, por- portion of scripture. But uh, this is Aaron Addison's here on AFR Talk. We'll be right back.
Welcome back. This is Wednesdays with Will on Aaron Addison's, and I have a special guest, Todd Shannon, with me on the show today. And uh, man, and that was Surrender by Jay. That's a that's an old older one. You know, I, I like the old ones. <laughs> that's when he was solid. But anyway, uh, Todd, man, we were talking about Colossians chapter three, and uh, mm-hmm. I want to pick up there because you you're making a great point just about the Scythians and about the barbarians. How man, Paul is teaching telling these Colossians that, and they're like, okay, no Jew, no Greek. Okay, we get that, and we get that. Then he goes to no barbarian and no Scythian. Hold on, wait, Paul. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know what these people have done to us? Like, Because these, these were really barbarians and some wild folk, man. They were, right. And the gospel had penetrated there, you know, and so they were now believers. But pick up with what you were saying. Yeah, yeah, and and, now, and I, I even think it's worth reading here. This is Colossians three and twelve. It says, "Therefore, as God, as God's chosen people, mm-hmm. holy and dearly beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. <laughs> if any of you has a grievance against someone." Forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So, in the you know that started at twelve, but in eleven and three and eleven is where you mentioned the the barbarian and the city and the Scythians. Mm-hmm. And and the issue is this: we are teaching people, and and this is a, and this is what's really kind of nefarious is that we are literally trying to find biblical angles for people to nurse unforgiveness mm. and anger. Come on, man. <laughs> like, we, 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 we're, we're not putting it to death. We're not mortifying it, like the Scriptures say. Right. We're not putting it away. Therefore, as it says in verse 5 in Colossians 3, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Mm. We are saying, don't put it to death. Well, let's give it some milk and food. And let's wrap it in a warm blanket so it can Dang. grow nice and strong. <laughs> wow. It's wow. it's it's a it's 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 incredibly and then and so then we take on this arrogance, like like we like we are justified in our disobedience. Like it's a it's a virtue to be to nurse the grievance. I'm just like yeah. you're, you're you're not displaying a Christ-like attitude, and you're projecting onto people who you don't even know, mm-hmm. by the way, mm-hmm. things that you can't possibly you can't possibly have any proof of. Right. Generalizing and 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 because they belong to certain groups, this is why Paul doesn't mention any particular person mm-hmm. or any particular act in Colossians three. He he represents he mentions people groups groups of people. It's like yeah, I know. I know these groups of people have a certain history. Mm-hmm. That's still not an excuse for you to nurse your grievances. Yeah, yeah. And and, and to the point that we were talking about before, this is in the Bible. <laughs> so it's like, why right. the church, we have to pivot back to the Word of God and say, okay, the Word of God does speak on these issues. So if there is a grievance, if there was something that happened, man, that's a mm-hmm. context of which, hey, we go to each other. We we do Matthew eighteen, or you know, like there's 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 ways that we deal with internal family business, you know. Right. And 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 right. we get this from the Word of God, but too, far too often we listen. We're listening to what is being said outside and say we have that same problem in the church, y'all. So now we need to you know act 
like the world is acting and how they are trying to atone for, you know, whatever grievance they have. And it's like, man, we have it right here in the Word of God. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, I do want to I want to circle back to something else, Will, because uh, I think because I mentioned this, the two problems, right? There's the obviously there's the constant wave of what I consider to be propaganda mm-hmm. that 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 cops and government and quote systems, whatever that means, mm-hmm. <laughs> are out to to get black people, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And as far as I'm concerned, this is an empirical matter. This is a, a question of empiricism. Either that's happening or it's not. Yeah. And then the question is, well, how do how do we best determine whether or not there's any truth to that? And as a as a data scientist, you know, I I look at these things, and I, it's my job to understand how to analyze. It's just like, well, how do you tell the difference between a local outbreak of some sort of virus and a pandemic? Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's simple, right? It's it's the well, maybe not super simple, but at least in principle, it's the scope of it, right? Yeah. How widespread yeah. is the prevalence of the disease? And if and if we can tell the difference between a local outbreak, at least in theory, and a pandemic, yeah. <laughs> then we should be able to clearly talk about what objectively it it, it would mean for black people to be on mass. Uh, mistreated by the police, yeah. and the, this all, the point of contention is always the shooting, right? The, the police shooting, right? Well, I mean, it, it, in the last three to four years, the, the police have averaged about some, it, let's just let's give a range. So it's somewhere between twelve to fifteen, and that's on the high side. Yeah, twelve to fifteen unarmed black people have been shot and killed by police per year. Mm. Right? Yeah. Are you telling that's a that's a slow weekend? Yeah. <laughs> in Come in, on, in a mid sized U.S. city. And why not the outrage for murder. that? You're right. You're right. 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 <laughs> so so when we talk about relative scope, yeah, is this a problem that requires the sort of uh, effort that we are putting into quote solving the problem? If if you can say it's in 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 the, in the way that they present it, if you can say it's a problem, well, then this is where we go back to the scriptures, Steve, because this is really interesting. Jesus talked about hypocrisy, he was talking to the scribes and the Pharisees, and one of the illustrations he gave, gives, he says, "You strain at a gnat and swallow a camel." Yeah, right. You you make a big deal out of a small thing, and then you act like this enormous thing over here is nothing. Yeah. That's the textbook definition of hypocrisy, where yeah. you have unjust weights, unjust measures. There's obviously a much, much bigger problem that we pretend not to un- not to think that they're a big problem. And then we've got to be like, the every once in a while that maybe, under maybe questionable circumstances, and often in the case of Micaiah Bryant, completely justified, mm-hmm. you want to act like that that's an occasion to rise up against injustice. Yeah. It's just like... You know, this is this is an there's no empirical basis to say, no empirical basis to say cops are mistreating black people, mm-hmm. or they're out there shooting black people because they're black. Right. There's no empirical basis for this. Right. And I just and I just want to add one point to that, and I'll, I'll let you jump in. Mm-hmm. You know, I was listening to you know you on my, in my my blog, uh, I've, I've taken to task uh, KB who 
who I believe is a brother in the Lord. I love his music. Yeah. Uh, and, and they have a podcast, Offside Blind Guys, where they talk about this. <laughs> and, I, I, you know, it, was, it, it blew my mind because here KB was saying, he was admitting that there was no real evidence on mass that, that, that cops are out just shooting black people for no reason. He's right. saying, that's not, that's not really the thing. He said, but, but this is what he said. I, I kid you not. He said, but you have to think about the oral traditions. Think, listen to what black people have been saying. Right, black people have been saying we've been mistreated. Now, <laughs> okay, now this this is this is where it gets interesting. Then you flip over to where they do a whole, and I'm, I'm, this is this is not about whether the rightness or the wrongness of it. I'm just pointing out a double standard. Yeah. they do a whole episode on supposedly the conspiracy theory of the of the uh, stolen election. Yeah. And how those who forward that are disorienting themselves with the truth, right? Mm-hmm. But they, but they acknowledge. They say, "Well, there's no proof. There's no proof that there was any uh, 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 stolen election." But there were literally hundreds, if not thousands, of eyewitness testimony and sworn affidavits where the people said they saw something funny. Mm-hmm. So, on the one hand, he wants to say the the testimony of the people count even if we don't have the data when it comes to so-called police brutality and on the other hand he says the testimony of the people don't count when it comes to election (laughs) fraud we need to have the data wow yeah and it's hard to understand how you make this sort of logical error if you're arguing from principle right right because (laughs) that is such a blatant dis you know double standard that right. you just think it is obvious you're just picking and choosing things to fit your narrative yeah yeah and that, and that's so, and that's and that's happening man that's 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 a lot of it you know just what you said and what you pointed out you know they can't it, it can't be proven like with numbers and say okay this is these are the amount of shootings and so it's like way more than you know it's not like that it's like you're saying right. there, there are way more, you know, of things happening in our own communities, and the and the thing is, there's not an outrage uh, about those things, and and then when you try to talk about other issues that may be that I, I say maybe that are more important in the sense mm-hmm. of how can we get our families <laughs> structure together, right. how can we build our family, our, have have fathers in the homes, that kind of stuff, then they get kind of upset. And say you're deflecting from the real issue, which is, you know, uh, police killing black men, you know. But man, right. what about the the training up of the children? Because the Bible does says that say that you need to honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long on the earth, you know. So in the land that I'm giving you, so can that be connected? That maybe they're not being trained on how to honor authority, you know? That we oh. we have we have to look at all of that, you know. Man, I, just 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 to piggyback off of that, I find this interesting because I'm finding an interesting pattern. Because I I, I read a book called The War on Cops. Mm-hmm. If anyone's interested, it's a book by a woman named Heather McDonald. Yes, and uh, it's an interesting book. Mm-hmm. But she talked about the phenomenon of stop and frisk, and I just want to I want people listening to me to know I am not I'm not bringing these examples because I want you to uh, think that I'm taking a position on any of these issues. I'm not. T- I'm not advocating, for example, I'm not saying that there was election fraud. I'm not saying that. I'm using these as examples of how to apply logic, right? Right. Uh, so 
she talked about the stop and frisk uh, phenomenon and how the way that they got it uh, outlawed was that they said, look at all of these people who they are falsely accusing and falsely harassing, right? But every example of the people that they used, these people were career criminals and felons. Mm. Here's, a, here's a question that I have, yeah. I have. Why is it always that the examples that we have of these supposed people who are supposedly unjustly treated, why they got a, lo- a rap sheet longer than the new bull's arm? <laughs> Why, why is it all? I mean, wouldn't it wouldn't it be the case? Well, at least by 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 sense of sheer, uh, 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 you know, random chance that occasionally, if the point was valid, there would be actual innocent people, people with no criminal history, no history of resisting arrest, no long rap sheet. Those people being the examples you use of the system and the systemic racism being manifest, but it's always. It's George Floyd. It's always, it's always the uh, uh, the what's the what's the latest young man that got shot with the the, the 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 cop that accidentally shot him? She thought it was a taser. Oh yeah, man. I know you're talking about. I can't. Call, yeah, call yeah, yeah. Name. I can't recall his name. Yeah. But it's like, oh yeah, injustice, injustice. Oh yeah, they just had a warrant for him trying to strong arm rob mm. a girl for her rent money. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, 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 Always those type of people who are in the crosshairs of the supposed injustice. And what I, what I, the question that you just raised, what about raising kids to respect authority? Because it seems to me that even if you could demonstrate that these people were wrongly shot or killed or there was excessive police force used, it seems to me that it's blatantly obvious that all of those scenarios could have been avoided with simple compliance. Man. That's the thing. Simple compliance yeah. of a lawful order from yeah. George Floyd to Michael Brown to whoever. And there are some scenarios where mm-hmm. it is where, you know, where maybe where bad. the cops did get it wrong. Right. 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 But don't, but they, but they are not the, these people are not the avatars that we use for social injustice. They're never the ones that are the prominent cases. Yeah. No, you're, you're right about that. And like you said, there are times where, you know, there are policemen or uh, law enforcement officers that get it wrong, you know, and they should be, right. uh, you know, punished for that. But right. nine times out of ten, you know, it's it's not that, and it's it's com- it's it's being non-compliant. That's why I'm teaching my my kids to obey authority, you know, yeah. obey obey authority, you know. And the thing is, if you have a grievance, man, you go ahead and take that to court once you get home. Like, arrive alive, (laughs) you know, get home alive, you know. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. You know, and and make sure you get home and then you can take that to court if you have a problem. But, man, Todd, thank you so much, man. I appreciate you being on uh, uh, with us today. Uh, Again, check out Who Cares What Todd Thinks is his blog. You can go to YouTube and check that out. And man, I'll tell you, he has some 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 great thoughts, uh, some things to, to really share. And as he builds this thing, you know, I know he's going to have even more great content on the way. And so thank you so much for being on. Uh, this is, has been Aaron Addison's Wednesdays with Will, another edition. Thank you all for listening. And tomorrow we'll be back, Lord willing. Until then, God bless. <laughs>